Coming up on episode 11 of the Countdown 2 podcast, me, George, Jamal and Key discuss Liverpool bouncing back from their sorrows, the other English teams in Europe and also if Kylian Mbappe is on his way to becoming the goal. Yeah, I'm here with George and Jamal. Keenan couldn't make it with us today. But um, yeah, let's start straight away. I want to start with Liverpool, Jamal. Leipzig midweek, Champions League. Look back. It was a, a good performance. We needed it. It was a good European performance. Away from home, if you can class it. I know they were away as well, but away from home, clean sheet. As good as you can get, really, in the circumstances. A good performance after what's been a dodgy couple of weeks. Even though I don't think we played badly against Leicester, it was just a dodgy 10-minute spell. But it was a good European performance. We didn't let them create a lot of chances, pressed them well, used the ball well. I took the two two best chances that we had, so can't really ask for much more. Um, how about you, George? What are your thoughts on that game between Liverpool and Leipzig? Do you have a chance to have a look at it at all? Uh, personally, I wasn't watching it. Um, I was watching the PSG Barcelona game. Um, but from what I've seen, I just thought Liverpool needed a game like that. I expected more from Leipzig, though, to be honest. Like when we played them at home, obviously we beat them 5 0, and they didn't really offer much then. But when we played them away from home, and obviously if they won, they went through, the, the contrast between the two sides that played was ridiculous. So for Liverpool to turn up and beat them, especially after the run they've had, I thought that it was a massive, massive performance for from them. Yeah, Liverpool were um, they were good. I mean, I, in my opinion, I don't think they were any better than there was for the majority of the Leicester game. But unlike Leicester, Leipzig, they were they were the masters of their own downfall. The two goals yeah. they conceded, literally, and Joel, you probably agree. And, and general play, Liverpool probably were, they were the better team, but the way that they conceded the goals, they were so sloppy, they were so cheap. Bro, this was like, George, at uni, when Simon used to get the ball in midfield, <laughs> you know, yeah, you know, something dodgy. Yeah, yeah. That's how it was like. And then they'll panic because of the press, Liverpool press. And then he'll pass it backwards and then Salah was through. They literally scored both goals like that, Liverpool. But, yeah. um, they didn't play better than they did against uh, Leicester, in my opinion, but they were more clinical and they got their bit of luck that they deserved, I guess, coming off recent performance. We needed it. Yeah. We needed that look. We haven't had no luck recently. There's been so many games where you think the Leicester game is a perfect one. Play so well for 80 minutes, get a goal ahead. And you just think there's a VAR decision, then the Alisson and Kabak thing, you go back to the City game, the Alisson mistake. You stay had that little bit of all right, this is what you need, a bit of luck, a little bit of a break, and we got it, and mm. it was, you have to take it when you can, I suppose. Do you, exactly. Do you think you're going to um, carry down to the weekend? You've got Everton this weekend. Everton are playing really well. They should have got something out of City, but they kind of folded. But um, but what do you think there? You're right, is it Anfield, I'm sure? Because Van Dijk got injured. Yeah. Yeah, um, I'm confident. I always go into Everton games, especially at Anfield. Confident. I don't. I don't know. It's it's hard. You know, they say form goes out the window for a derby and all them cliches. But I'm confident, especially after the way we performed last in in midweek. 
the clean sheet for Allison. Hopefully that can give him a bit of confidence. Kabak played well at the back. Hopefully he can build on that. Trent was good again. Hopefully he can build on that after a iffy couple of games. There's been there should be a bit of a bounce. Thiago was good. Curtis Jones was good. Mane was in the goals again. There's no reason for a performance to dip in midweek in at the weekend from midweek. Hmm. Put the Leicester game out to bed. That was the last league game. Forget that. You've won a game in between. Kick on. It's a derby. That is, there's all the motivation you need. And if you need a bit of extra motivation, just look at Van Dyke's knee. That is all the motivation that you need to go out and get the three points and kickstart the season again. Because we've come off a bit of a dodgy run. We've had City, Leicester, United, Champions League games, tricky games. We've now got, after this, we've got Sheffield United and Fulham. Perfect chance to go and get three wins out of three. Push yourselves back. That's what you need in this weird season. You only need a run of three or four games of wins and you're pushing yourself back up. Look at Chelsea. Chelsea fourth. Chelsea fourth. They sat their manager three weeks ago. You only need three, four wins in this dodgy league to push yourself right back up there. This is a perfect time to do it. As you say that, on the reverse side, you only need three or four wins to see yourself way off. And that brings me to Man United. So, midweek in the Europa League, you, uh, this is why I want to key in here because he's this fucking Spanish football connoisseur to just move the <laughs> still. So, it's terrible. These Real Sociedad are up there in the Spanish League and they've just got dismantled 4-0 on their own patch. It's yeah. just bad. I didn't really watch that game because I was watching the Spurs game at the same time. But just looking at the scoreline, I mean, it doesn't yeah. look like you guys... Anyway, moving on, I want to move on to... Uh, and you guys, what I wanted to get on from that... Tottenham was that to got easy Marino in general. I don't want to start with this yet. I'm just going to let the United fans start with Marino and I'll just chip in well, there. Um, what, what, what do you think about his first Yeah, well, Oli said before the game that he wants us to be a lot more quicker in attack. And... I completely agree with him because it just felt like over the past few games that we played, obviously we didn't have the best results due to West Brom. Just scraped through against West Ham, even though they set up behind the ball. But everything in those games was just so slow, and you could tell that when we start when we started the game that that was a, a massive intent of what we needed to do was to attack quicker. Obviously, Dan James starting as well. I was I was ready to pull my hair out, but he was. Uh, he was good. I actually have no complaints about his performance. I feel like against teams that play with a high line like Sociedad did, he's going to exploit that space because in the Prem, no matter what team we play against, unless it's obviously one of the big six, teams are going to sit back and he's not got space to run into. And if, when he gets the ball in front of a defence, he don't really know what to do with it. So him playing with space and behind is perfect game for him. And yeah, Sociedad, they were really poor. Like they had a few chances at the start of the game, but as the game went on, it just United just took control. Even though we were counter-attacking, it always felt like we had control of the game. But was it just in terms of quality or tactics? Maybe Ali just set up. A bit of both. A bit of both because they had chances, and Yanazai uh, had a chance. David Silva had the chance as well, but you could tell like. Ages, age isn't on his side anymore. Like he's not got that sharpness. And then, yeah, Bruno, obviously best player on the pitch. Big game for him, away from home, Europa League, and uh, yeah, him and Rashford probably are two best players. I see that you mentioned Bruno. Actually, yeah, I see it on Twitter yesterday. Since he's joined United, he's got one less goal contribution than Lionel Messi. 
Yeah. That's crazy, bro. He's getting messy numbers. This guy. Yeah, I think it's like 58 games in all competitions and like 52 goals and assists, which is absolutely mental. Crazy. For a midfielder. Yeah. Highly impressive. If, um, Joel, if United, if United somehow pooped City to the league title and the win the Europa League, Bruno Ballon d'Or? No. You can't win the Europa League win the Ballon d'Or. And the Prem Dom as a double. So, no. <laughs> Obviously not. Obviously, huh? no. You can't, you can't be in the Europa League and win the Ballon d'Or. It don't work like that. So what if someone wins the Champions League? Uh, I, I, I agree. So obviously Champions League and then they win the league. What Bruno should win it because he won the Europa League. I, I didn't say that. I was <laughs> I just saying the diet out going. Maybe Premier League player of the year, with or without the Prem, maybe. But yeah. Ballon d'Or, you do you do it far too much. <laughs> Who is the winner of the Ballon d'Or? It's vacant, and it? it's like fucking it's like a wrestling trophy or something. It's very vacant this year. No. Is there any standout players outside no, of England? Uh, who's the current? Who's oh, the uh, champion? They, they cancelled the d'Or, didn't they? But uh, Lewandowski won that FIFA best thing, and if that counts, mm-hmm. that's just for the Champions League. I don't know if that counts. Yeah, yeah, I don't know if that counts. I know. Really the one standout player, I, I don't think. Yeah, I don't, I don't think there is either. Talk about who wins the Champions League, and they'll go off it there. Mm. Um, before we go back into the rest of Europe, I want to focus on the and the rest of the English teams in Europe. So, rest this week we've got Man City coming up as well as Leicester. So this week just gone. We had Spurs. Quickly touch up on Spurs. I mean, there's not much to say. It was the quality of well, the quality of the opposition was just bad. It was so bad. Luke mm. just walked through. But even played out well. Yeah, I saw Lucas's goal. Yeah. And, they were just they were just they were just poor. That that's what I can say. It was just crap. It's typical Europa League. You never yeah. heard of them. They're just honestly farmers. But um, yeah, one probably going to go through, and it depends. But more interestingly, it's Arsenal. They've got Benfica away. They went to Benfica away. Come back with a one-one draw. Mm. That's a positive result for that's a positive result for them now. Yeah, gone away goal. We don't lose the game, get an away goal. You can't really obviously run a win, but it's not the worst result. Is it back at the Emirates or are they not no, allowed to play it in England? Going back at the Emirates. Yeah. You'd expect them to go through. Benfica aren't what they were a few years ago. They've got Otamendi and Vatongan playing centre. They're not anything to fear. They should get through that. That's the thing, though. I feel like Europa League, if you're not convincingly winning each knockout round until let's say the semis it says a lot about your team because the quality is poor isn't it yeah I, do, yeah, I agree with that quality is poor so just, especially, especially this year because the quality is it's shocking this year yeah it's awful you don't even have like a severe that's dropped down to it's just bad that was going to be my next point there's since there's no marquee team to drop down from the Champions League probably Inter Milan are the only one um do you expect there to be an all English uh, all English final like we had a couple of years ago in twenty was it twenty nineteen? Yeah. It wouldn't surprise me. I mean, the English clubs are probably the best like quality of opposite. Like all all the English teams should beat Inter Milan, I think. 
personally. Well, I don't know. I don't think we could. They've got, be- they've got a good manager. They've got a good manager, but Leicester should be Inter Milan. Leicester are a very good side. Yeah. United should. Be- Inter in it. Yeah, I'm sure Inter are in it. Yeah, there was. In- Didn't they go out of the group? There was in Madrid and Gladbach's group. Didn't they finish bottom of that? Shakhtar come out of that group, didn't they? Let me have a look. And they, they played in the Europa League. I don't think Inter are in it. I think they're out completely. See the Kaku. Oh yeah, it was Shakhtar. Oh, Shakhtar. It's li- oh, it's literally poor, you know. It's just AC. It's so Milan. bad. It's AC Milan. It's so bad. Gr- Gr- what Granada in the Europa League? Granada beat Napoli the other the, the, the other day. Granada in Europa League. Oh my! That is shocking, mate. I don't know, man. Um, yeah, it could be an all English semi final. Honestly, it's probably yeah, it seriously should be when I look at the look at the teams. There's nobody you should, you should fear in this competition no. at all. So yeah, I'd be very surprised if an English team don't win it. How about the Champions League? Would you expect an English team to um to win the Champions League? With the way uh, playing, definitely. Who's that? I, I wouldn't be surprised. City, Liverpool, wouldn't be surprised. Mm. Well, even when I look at the Champions League, I just think like there's no teams that I fear there either. Like PSG had a massive result against Barca, but like. Barca team's just not what it was, man. Like it's just, it's very average. They're obviously not even doing well in La Liga either. Mm. But I look at these, I'd probably only say Bayern is probably the only team to fear. Maybe Atletico with the form there in this season as well. I was about to say I wouldn't want to play them, but more from a style point of view, they're just yeah. everything that's awkward for Liverpool or any other team to play. Mm. But there's no, there's no other than Bayern. I'd include City in the fact that there's no team that. Anyone should really fear. Anyone can beat anyone over a two-legged toy in this in both competitions this year. Mm. So it'd be a madman to try and pick a winner. But my question to you guys is: Is Mbappe already the best player in the world? If if not, who is? And has he got a? I'm assuming we've all got Messi as the greatest of all time. Has yeah. he has he got a chance to? Pip Messi in the future to become the greatest player of all time? Uh, I don't think that Mbappe will ever take over Messi as greatest of all time. Because hmm. just from a natural ability standpoint, like Messi can literally do everything and you'll never see Mbappe do what Messi does on a football pitch. But at the same time, I feel like Mbappe is like... When Ronaldo was younger, he used to play on the wing and do all the skills and still score the goals. But I feel like Mbappe is just a younger version of like the, the striker Ronaldo that we now see, if that makes sense. Mm. So he'll never be like the greatest of all time, but he might get the goals and, the, and have the awards that Ronaldo does. That's how I see Mbappe's career arc is similar to Ronaldo, not similar to Messi because... I feel like people forget Messi scored 92 goals in a season in a calendar year. Yeah. Like that will never ever be seen again. Well, it might be, but it won't be for a very very long time. Um, and I just think that Mbappe, he will, he's he's there. He's ready to take over that crown as like best player in the world. Because last year he was voted like fourth or fifth in Ballon d'Or. Might have even been third. 
And now that the sta- the standards of obviously Messi has dropped, even though it's he's still playing very well, his standards have dropped compared to what he was. So is Ronaldo's, and all these great players we've seen, it is starting to like catch up to them. So I think that Mbappe is ready. If PSG win the Champions League this year, you have to say Mbappe is the best player in the world. Mm. Okay. Fair point. What do you, what do you think, Jamal? Uh, I don't think he'll... I don't think personally, in our lifetimes, we'll ever see anyone better than Messi. Um, in terms of ability, anyway. But his career, maybe so. He could win the same amount of leagues. He could, in terms of things that he's won in his career... Could win the same amount of leagues. He could message run three Champions Leagues, if I'm not mistaken. Cool. He could win that. Three or four or four. He's already won a World Cup. He's already got international honours. And he's still only 22 years of age. There's a chance he could be in and around his career accolades. But in terms of actual ability, I don't think he'll ever be better than Messi. But he is on his way to being the best in the world. That was like, that was like the statement game. Mm. Do you remember when it was that ago? Do you remember when Messi scored the hat trick in the Classico? Yeah. And it was like, whoa, yeah. who's this kid? I feel like that was kind of like there's the statement game. People obviously we all knew who Mbappe was and we all seen the last few years and whatever. But I think that's the game that everyone's going like, oh shit, maybe he is the best. Like there's a conversation before this game, it was it wasn't a conversation about him being the best right now. Mm-hmm. Now there kind of is a conversation about, oh shit, it's not about him and Haaland in five years' time, it's like, is he actually the best now? I don't think he is yet, but give him another two, three years. I think he needs to leave as well. I don't think he can be the best player in a poor league like that. I think he needs to be in a better league, being tested better weekly, coming up against better defenders. I'd like to see him move this summer and see, maybe to Spain, maybe that's what Spain needs, maybe it needs another superstar. Maybe Madrid seems like he'll end up there maybe this summer and then we can judge him properly for what he is. Yeah. Um, I, I agree with what you both said about Mbappe. He, for me, I don't even know who the best player in the world is at the minute. Um, it's always safe to say Messi, but sometimes when I watch him, he's still just walking around. I mean, that's fine when you're scoring hat-tricks in every game, but sometimes it's... As the older I've got, I'm just imagining it as a teammate and how it would feel just to watch a guy there. You're literally defending with 10. But when you're attacking, you have to give him the ball all the time, but he's not helping you defend it. But that's one of the issues. But regardless, um, Mbappe can never get close to Messi because already Messi at, Mbappe's 21, 22 now. Messi at 22, 21. He'd already won the Ballon d'Or like twice, I think. When he scored that hat-trick against Real Madrid, he was 19 years old. Like, it was crazy. And um, Messi at this age was going 50 goals a season, 60 goals a season. It was just a regular occurrence. And for me, playmaking is Messi's best ability. It's not even goal scoring. So um, Messi is just the greatest of all time. And yeah, so I wrote down in this docket as well. If you could give me your top five greatest players of all time, and that'd be a good way for me to wrap it up on the um, on the football part, but since I've got both of you guys here, I want to get you guys on record in an NBA um, for a bit of NBA chat, a bit of NBA discussion. But yeah, quickly, who are your five greatest footballers of all time that Mbappe has to try and emulate and break into? 
Is it a favourite or two I actually think is the top five? Who you actually think? So I actually think. Okay. In order or just any order five to season. Oh, um Messi at the top. Cristiano <laughs> second. Uh Iniesta third. Zidane fourth. Ronaldinho fifth. Whoa. That's interesting. You've left someone off who I'm going to say. So I gave this a, a bit of thought um, and I'm going off, obviously, I'm only 23. So I've not seen all these great... I don't think that that era was can compete with this era. But anyway, that's a discussion for another time. <laughs> George, the thing about George, yeah. George always, always rubbishes like Anything before 2000 is not interesting. Just did it <laughs> It's just down to, like... It's what we've seen, isn't it? It's hard to talk about players from the 80s and that. Yeah, like... They might have been good players, but like if you look at like the football pitches back then and like the balls they used and all the equipment, they might have been good in today's generation, but, like, back then, football, just it just wasn't, like, levels like it is now. But anyway, um, my top five, Messi, obviously, then Ronaldo... Then Ronaldinho, then Henri. Ronaldinho, you both got Ronaldinho top five. Yeah. yeah. Then Henri, then Iniesta. Henri is a show. Henri was a show. I feel yeah, it's, it's silly now. Bro, I didn't even think about Ronaldinho. Honestly, I enjoyed watching Ronaldinho a lot, yeah. But the thing that the problem that I've got with Ronaldinho. His um his peak wasn't as long as I wanted it to be, and also I think because people our age group, especially around their twenties, mid twenties to early twenties, with Ronaldinho, it's, it's very nostalgic because when you grew up watching Ronaldinho, he was it was always flashy. Like it's like mm. a kid growing up now watching Mbappe or Neymar, so he's always going to be in your mind. But anyway, he's a great player regardless. But my top five is obviously Messi number one. Ronaldo number two, back to Ronaldinho. Um, <laughs> Cristiano Ronaldo number two. I've got Pele number three. Oh, come <laughs> off it, man. Bro, this is ridiculous. He won, won the World Cup at 17 years old. I mean, I also didn't. Did you watch that World Cup? I, no, I didn't watch the history of the game. Like, I'm sorry. But nah. if, if, if then, if it's what we saw and who we saw. I'd still put Messi number one, Ronaldo number two, Zidane number three. So I'm just moving him up because he was my number four. And then I'm moving um, Iniesta from uh, five to four. And to put him to five, I would probably say... Hmm. I'd probably say uh, Sergio Ramos. No, 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 I'm joking. That's a wild chat. That is a wild chat. I don't mean that. I would say that off pure accomplishment. That is not. A defender who can't defend. Come on. No way. I'd be lying to myself if I said Sergio Ramos after all the criticism I've given him over the years. Yeah, I was going to say. I'll just be safe. I'll say Chavi. So Chavi and Iniesta and um, so Chavi, Iniesta, Zidane. Not even Henri. Henri don't get a shout. Um 
He's up there. But... Bro, people talk about him as one of, as the best Premier League player ever, yeah. And then after the Prem, he went to Barca and won Champions League with Barca, like. But Barcelona, he was he was just he was a guy. He was a role player at Barcelona. He wasn't really. Don't matter though. Don't matter that, that much. On, have you, have In terms you, of accomplishments as well. If you're asking me to be um, to pick the best five Premier League ever, yes, but not of all time. Um, I love Brazilian Ronaldo ahead of Andre. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I do the same. And the reason why I haven't got Brazilian Ronaldo in this is similar reason to why I haven't got Ronaldinho in this. I just don't feel like his prime was long enough. And especially with Brazilian Ronaldo, I've got a bit of sympathy with him because of um, his injuries. Mm. But yeah, anyway, that's all for the football part. After this, we're going to have a little break and then we're going to come back and discuss the NBA. And we're back. So I'm back with Jamal and George again, this time to discuss the NBA. So yeah, let's get straight into it. I want to start with the all-star ballot that's been revealed. So the coaches and the players voted and also the fans voted for their starters and they got, that got combined to give us our all-star teams, well, our all-star starter teams. So starting off in the West, LeBron James is captain again for the fourth year running. So ever since it started, he's always been captain. But um, that shows his popularity within fans. So yeah, for the West, we've got at point guard, Stephen Curry, shooting guard, Luka Doncic, Kawhi Leonard, LeBron James and Nikola Jokic. For the East, we have got Kyrie Irving, Bradley Beal, Kevin Durant, Yanis Atatokounmpo and Joel Embiid. Guys, do you guys think that we um the snubbed anyone? Should somebody else have been started on the east or west? Jamal, I'll let you go. Yeah, I think Dame. I'm not sure about the east. I think the east is fine. But the west, I think Dame should have a bit of a grievance ahead of Luca. Just uh, that Luca's had a good season. He has had a good season, but the Mavs aren't particularly playing. Amazing stuff at the minute. They are struggling, being consistent. I do. I think maybe it's a bit of a a brand sort of thing. Obviously, I know the fans and stuff have a big impact on the vote in this time round. But I do think there's a little bit of a push behind a bit of a brand. They want that him to be the next star of the NBA, and I think there's a little bit of that in the thought process. But it's not a mate. It's not. Other than Dame, I don't really think anyone else can have many complaints. How about you, George? Yeah. You, um... at, at first, I had, I had no problems with it like, at all. But um, just before we started this, Jamal obviously pointed out Dame, and I thought, like, has Dame even been playing that well? Like, I've not seen like many highlights like normal. Um, obviously, Dame, CJ McCollum's been injured recently. Um, but Luke has also had Chris Stapps injured as well for the like a main the main portion of the season so far. But then obviously I looked at the records and Portland are fourth in the West and Dallas are tenth. So yeah. I can kind of I can kind of see why you two think Dame um, should have like a bit of a grievance towards not starting because he should start. Don't say us two. I'm fine with how it is. Yeah, yeah. you, you like Luca a bit too much, so I had a few. I'm a fan though. Like what he's averaging, what 
why I'd start him over um, over Dame is because of his playmaking and his rebounding. So his assists and his um, rebounds are more, well. I mean, assists. I think Dame's averaging seven, Luke's averaging nine. But in terms of rebounds, it's night and day, and they're averaging around the same points. Mm. But um, I was reading up on it actually yesterday about the all-star voting because quite a lot of people had a bit of a grievance about Dame not starting over Luke because if you look at the metrics, so shooting percentages, etc., and the record, like you said, George, mm. Dame is much higher. But it came down to, um, if I remember correctly, the coaches' votes and the, play, um, and the players' votes, Dame was second in guards, so they're all behind Steph Curry. Steph Curry is the number one guard. Um, so yeah, Dame was second behind Steph in players and coaches, but that means 25%, 25%. But the fans who equal to 50% um, think it was actually number one. So Curry was number one and Doncic was number two and Dame was number three. So to the tiebreaker was how many fan votes were there? And Luka Doncic got half a million more than Dame. So in terms of fan voting, it wasn't close. And that's what it came down to. But I mean, like us, the people who watched it and the people who know the metrics, not casual fans, they'll, they appreciate what Dame done and what he contributed towards um, towards the trailblazers. But um, yeah, that's neither here or there. I mean, I wouldn't, it wouldn't be the end of the world if Dame got, got the start. My main grievance is on the East and it's, Kyrie Irving starting. He should have been a starter, bro. It should be Jalen uh, Brown for, for the Celtics. Nah. No. I think so. Honestly, I think so. Um, Jalen Brown, he's had to carry the Probably team. The second in the, in the East. You what? just got a Kyrie agenda, man. No, yeah, he really does. He, you just don't like, just say you don't like Kyrie. him. It's all right, man. Bro, we've discussed this many times, yeah. I like Kyrie's game. Off the court, that's off the court. This it's not about off the court. The reason why I wouldn't start him because he missed about eight games just because it didn't turn up. Can literally just it wasn't, it wasn't, you don't know what was going on in this <laughs> Yeah, well, you weren't there, but... bro. He came up, yeah. <laughs> Steve Nash just turns up to a press conference. Press conference up, like, where's Kyrie? He's like, I don't know. Where, where is Kyrie? <laughs> bro, he just came for eight games. That doesn't count. You could, it doesn't yeah. matter. Kyrie's averaging 28.6 assists. 28.6 assists. How about Jalen Brown? 25 and 3. What's his rebounds? Defense, rebounds. All of this comes into it. Uh, yeah, and um, position in the standings comes into it as well. Never had COVID though, Boston Celtics. And they're not a massive super team favourite to win the whole thing. Like, Kyrie, Kyrie's just that guy. Okay, that's. I mean, I'm not gonna fight. It's not. It's not blasphemy. It's not a tragedy or whatever. It's not against the rules of NBA. So, I mean, the All Star teams are the All Star teams would live with them. I, personally, I would have had Jalen Brown and Bradley Beal and on the bench. I would have had Kyrie, but it is what it is. Anyway, to move on. One second before before we move on, can I just say it's funny how Utah have the best record in the league playing the best basketball and literally no one cares about them or <laughs> they've got any all-star starters <laughs> I mean, I've got Utah um, I want to discuss about Utah a bit later on after this next topic but you've got a good point there but they're one of them teams where 
it's similar to Atlanta Hawks a few years back. Yeah. I mean, they had a few all-star starters, but... They're like four. Yeah. It's Bro, so- like the whole starting five got named Player of the Week, and I was like, what is going on? It's one of those things. It either tilts one way or another, so... Because it's such yeah. good team basketball and um, team-oriented stuff, where they'll either get too much credit or they won't get enough credit because it's all being divided around all the players. But... Um, Mitch was played, but I saw us go away. But yeah, to move on and go to our next topic, who would you say is your MVP so far? We'll start to say, where do you want, who do you think? Uh, I think there's a few good shouts, to be fair. I would go with uh, Jokic so far, I think. I just think, Matt, I'm a bit biased because he... Other than Kyrie and KD, he probably is the favourite player in the league. I just think for a big man, the things that he can do and the things that he has been doing this season, the points he's putting up, the assists, the rebounds, everything. It's not. It's like he's a point guard playing at centre. The things he can do is ridiculous. So I'd, I'd go for him. And, he's, and the Nuggets having a decent season as well. So I would say him, but there's a few, quite a few candidates this year. Yeah, that, that's a good shout. But um, I'll probably fight back against that a bit because of their record. I mean, he's put yeah. stats. He's put up massive stats. Defensively, he's meh. I mean, a lot of teams would seek him out and try and attack him. But um, he's put up massive numbers. But yeah, he's, again, it comes down to Denver's record, which is a bit sad because if you look at somebody like, who's my MVP, Joel Embiid, in the East, he's playing much less competition. So, obviously, their their standing is always going to be higher than Jokic, which is a bit unfair. Mm. But obviously, that's the NBA for you. Um, Joel Embiid is averaging 30 points and 11 rebounds without three assists. Three assists is okay for a big one. I mean, it's not Jokic, but it's still pretty decent. And defensively, he's a monster, bro. This guy, he'll block shots. I mean, he'll rebound. He'll do everything. I mean, he's got a chance to win Defensive Player of the Year. The only thing that will probably go, go against Embiid um, is the fact he's only played 24 games this season. Yeah. Yeah, that, that'll go against him. Many teams, many teams have played around 32, 34 games. He's only played about 24 out of them, 34 games. So, yeah, that's Joel Embiid for me. How about, how about you, George? Uh, I've got like a two at the top that are pretty even at the minute and it just depends on how it goes over the next few weeks um, who are Embiid and LeBron mm. and then below that I've got <laughs> well, Yoke LeBron's your MVP of the season isn't it? He, he, was, he was until um, I can't remember what game it was and I just thought like he needs to step it up a bit I think it might have been the loss at Denver and it, it was a bit of a blowout so Obviously, we've got no AD now. Um, so I feel like if LeBron's going to make his case for MVP, it needs to be over the next five games. The next five games, Miami, Washington should definitely be, then Utah, Portland, Golden State. If he goes four and one, four and one over that next five games, then he what will be my MVP so far. Was Utah in there? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay, cool. Yeah, good point there. That. He's got an opportunity without AD to definitely solidify. I've got him number two then, and I've got Jokic number three. So I think we've all got pretty good picks here. But um, yeah, 
just to wrap up and wrap up the whole episode and the whole podcast, um, I want to know who you guys think, just to get you on record, is going to be representing each conference in the finals. Again, we'll start with Jamal. Uh, Depending on AD's fitness, it should be the Lakers. That's with AD. Without AD... I don't know. I don't know who comes out of the West. If if there's no AD, I think it's such an even playing field. They could be two, three teams, four teams that could look at him and be like, we, we can beat anyone in the best of seven series. Mm. I'd go to Clippers with no AD and the Lakers with AD. Um, the East, the Nets should come out of the East. Will they come out of the East? They should do. I'd, I'd say the Lakers and the Nets. That's the ideal final for everyone. I think, um, yeah, the Lakers at the West, Nets at the East, I think. Mm-hmm. you want to go next, George, or should I? I'll go, yeah. Um, I think Lakers will come out the West. Um, they've obviously had a, a slow, well, we say slow, that's 22 and 8 second in the, in the West, but it just feels like they've not really played the best basketball and they're kind of like saving themselves for like after the All-Star break leading into the playoffs. Um, so I think Lakers will come out of the West. Um, in terms of the East, it'll be between Philadelphia or Brooklyn. Because I want to say Brooklyn, but if they come up against Philly in the conference final, finals, I just think it's a really tough matchup for um, Brooklyn. Obviously, no one's going to guard Embiid. Simmons can match up. But Simmons is probably one of the best defenders in the league. He can match up against Kyrie Harden or KD. Um, so, yeah, if I had to go with my gut, I'd say Philly, if I'm honest. Mm-hmm. Just because it, when it comes to playoff time, the game slows down and it suits Philadelphia a lot more than it will Brooklyn because Brooklyn are going to have to try and defend at some point. So No love for Utah, no? None of you, no? Nah. If, in, in the playoffs, if you... games and the B, pretty much all of the teams that, you, that we've been mentioning... In the, in the playoffs, I feel like if you play a small lineup, then Gobert's just going to get played off the floor. Mm. Okay. What, why, why did you not consider them, Jamal? Well, I just think as the, the playoffs go on, certain players are going to start to rise, and that's where you're going to see the best players turn up. And I just don't. I look at Utah, I think they've got, they're a good team. They've got Mitchell, but there's no standout star of the team with playoff experience of a finals even a Western semi-final it's going to take them far so I just I don't know I don't think they'll make it that far so yeah okay cool for me I in the finals I've got Clippers against Philadelphia right now speaking as of today as of February I've got the Clippers against Philadelphia so in the West I've said it all season, bro. George, you can back me up. Why Mark Gasol, he cannot play. He is old. He is washed. He won't play in the playoffs, though. Bro, he was terrible in the playoffs of Toronto last year. Yeah, but he won't play. Lakes will just go AD at the five. No one can stop us. Anthony Davis is not lasting all the rounds at the five in the playoffs. All the minutes as well. Last year, you can play um, JaVale McGee, Dwight Howard. These players, you can literally um, 
let AD bang with the fours, let him play power forward and not play that many minutes until you actually needed him, until he's got an advantage against the PJ Tuckers, which is, he's technically still playing at the four and he's coming up against them fives. He, he doesn't have to bang with the likes of Jokic and stuff, does he? Yeah, but bro, you got to think, in the playoffs, it's match-up dependent. So say um, Lakers come up against Utah, they'll just play AD at the five. They come up against the Clippers, they'll play Gasol at the five when Zubac is in. When Zubac is out, they'll put AD at the five to play against Ibaka. Okay, There's- cool. Keep, keep, keep the matchup said, dependent. I agree with that. So against the Nuggets, is AD playing at the five or at the four? No, Gasol. Bro, Jokic will terrorise Gasol on defence. It will be sad. It will be leaving. It won't be that much. Yes, it, it, will, be that it will be bad, bro. It will be bad. It will drop about 40 a game on him. I swear to God. It won't be that bad. Yes, it will. Bro, this guy is terrible defensively. It's like he's stuck in the mud. But we saw it in the in the in the in last year's playoffs that when AD went at the five, the Nuggets couldn't guard AD. You can't think, oh, we can't guard Jokic. He can't guard AD. So, but with the Nuggets, bro, last year Dwight Howard was defending Jokic. Yeah. No, only until like crunch time. Then it went to crunch time. AD Lakers went, okay, we'll put AD at the five. Game over. Series over, 4-1, 4-2, whatever it was. I, I don't know. Me personally, I don't think Anthony Davis, even the way he's looked this season, it, the injuries have just started to mount up. I don't feel like... Yeah, I agree. If, let's say he stays fit and he's at a five the whole time in an ideal world. He stays fit. Yeah, they, they can make a run to the finals, but I don't believe that he can stay up upright for five rounds, or four rounds, however many there is. Mm. For them to win a championship with Anthony Davis exclusively at a five with limited rest. In my opinion, whatever minutes Mark Gasol gets in the playoffs, those minutes are a wash. You are losing. <laughs> yeah. like whenever he steps onto the pit, into the uh, court, you're going to be down. Because of that, I've got the um, the Clippers coming out of the West. Anyway, my argument for the Clippers is they've learned from last year. They're more focused. This year, they've been quiet. They haven't been as vocal, like bragging about everything. And Ty Lue, for as much criticism as I do give him as well, he's got championship experience and that counts as something. So, yeah. You, you give Ty Lue a lot of hate, but at the same time, he's not like an X's and O's coach. Like the players, they can run their own players. His yeah. job is to manage their egos and yeah. manage in-game, in-game situations, which is what Doc Rivers wasn't good at last year. Yeah. I agree. When they were 3-1 down against the... 3-1 up, sorry, against the Nuggets. And they lost and it went to 3-2. Uh, Doc Rivers said, well, Paul, Paul George said that Doc Rivers said to them, we just need to execute better. Whereas Ty Lue wanted him to change some things offensively and defensively. Yeah. But yeah, it makes for an exciting playoffs this year. It's a lot more exciting this year than it is last year because we won't, I don't think Miami will get to the finals again this year. Like, Yeah, I know. Speaking right now as well, the reason why uh, Philadelphia over Brooklyn, I mean, Brooklyn have got the highest upside in the thing, in the in the whole league. If it clicks, bro, it's over for everybody. It could be like Golden State where they literally just waltz their way through to the championship and nobody can do anything, no matter what defence you play. But um, yeah, I think Philadelphia over them, probably because of Joel Embiid. There's nobody who can guard Joel Embiid of that team. They can't guard anybody anywhere. Mm. And to guard KD, there's only one man in the league I think can guard KD and 
they've got him and that's Ben Simmons. So, yeah, mm. in my opinion, that's why I'd favour him right now. Nobody else. Well, when you say guard KD... Well, quite like, a pro. He's not going to... Yeah, yeah. No one can guard him. It's like... You can limit him yeah. to certain things, yeah. 28 points, 28, 27 points, <laughs> 32, 33. Yeah, yeah. Which is a mass- massive difference in the playoffs. Yeah, exactly, yeah. So, yeah, that's it for episode 11 of the Countdown 2 podcast. Thanks for you guys for coming through as always, bro. And, yeah, until next time, check Jamal out with the with his details down in the description below. Same for George. And um, yeah, don't forget to like, share and subscribe and also follow us on Spotify under nixiamedia.com and also nixiamedia.com, sorry. Yeah, okay, cool. Peace, boys. <laughs>